Welcome to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best life and how you can figure out how to do it too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning, everybody. This is the lively host from uh, we're sitting in the podcast studios in in, uh, Wildfire Podcasting in Woodbury, New Jersey. Our engineer here, Taylor, is here to make sure that everything runs smoothly and uh, we can focus on just talking to our guests. And we have wonderful guests today. Uh, So, Kevin, uh, say hi to everybody. Kevin is our co-host for this month. Hi everybody, Ray. Thanks so much. It's uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be back here. You you bought me back again. We're on a roll here. Yeah, I well, appreciate that. Well, it's because <laughs> we're doing fun stuff. And and uh, Kevin and I did a great podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it focused on five things that are kind of the theme for this month. And uh, let me let me bring. Let me kind of recap those for us. So the luckiest people in the world have to know what they want. Now, our definition of the luckiest people in the world are those people who actually take the time to personally redesign their own lives and live them under their own terms. And if you don't know what you want, how are you going to ever design your own life? So we found that there are five key characteristics of why some people, the lucky ones, are able to design their own life and then redesign it when things change. And we certainly get a lot of that today. And they're able to pivot and they're able to stay on type of life and they're able to enjoy it and get the most out of it. So so the five things are uh, the luckiest people are purpose driven. Uh, They know why they're here, and they remind themselves why it's so important to go back to purpose. They're mission-driven. They're they're interested in other people. Uh, They want to help other people, and they're best when they help other people. Uh, whenever they get into trouble, they go back to their values. They have a list of, of values. It might be family. It might be faith. It might be a whole lot of other things. But, but their values are important, and they base their decisions on what they want on their values. They, they throw in excellence. Okay, you know, we're all good at some things and uh, life is more fun when you're working on things that you're good at and it gives you the best chance of being able to do things for other people. And last but not least, they come back to the fact that at the end of everything, when they put all these things together, they want to like their day. So so, Kevin, we beat those up a while ago and we're going to talk more over here so why don't you introduce lance and penny and give us a little background and start us off on this uh wonderful world of exploring life sure well so it is uh it's an honor and i say this with a bit of trepidation uh to, to have lance and penny davis my my parents here you know ray you know i i love a good story and, and i have a bunch of them we're going to have to be careful today with the funny stories because for every one I have, they probably have two or three about me. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to I'm going to have to call you mom and dad. But so, mom, dad, thanks so much for joining us uh, today. Uh, super excited to have you on the podcast here. <laughs> and we'll mind our manners. It's okay. 
Okay, thank oh, you. We, we don't want you to do that. Of all things, don't mind your manners. And misbehaving is part of the game. <laughs> so let me let me start out with something. You guys, a big part of your life was you were both missionaries in Africa. Uh, why don't you give us kind of the short version of uh, what happened there? Because uh, that certainly created a foundation for where you're going. Yeah, we uh, were both teachers early on in life. And uh, then we went to the States and we went to a college <clears throat> up in your neck of the woods. And uh, then we went back to Africa as missionaries. And we were only there for about four years. And during that time, Kevin was about seven years old. So he went back with us and uh, his early life was riding on a motorcycle behind me, sitting on the, the back seat and uh, uh, riding around the neighborhood, getting kids together and, and uh, having them to our house so that we could uh, have Bible story times and things like that. And then starting a church and he'd sing with us. So it was an amazing time. We actually left Zimbabwe or uh, it used to be Rhodesia came back to the States and went back to college. And that's where the rest of our life uh, sort of sprung up uh, in the northern part of the United States. But then in about 93, uh, we didn't like the cold so much. Tell me why you think that is. But we came down <laughs> south, south to Atlanta, Georgia. And we've been here since 1993 and are absolutely loving it. And, and you... Go ahead, Penny. I was just going to say, I, mean, I don't think we're doing a whole lot very differently because I think it's all wrapped up in what you said. We're living in our sweet spot. And so we just take our sweet spot everywhere we go. Okay, so you guys, yeah. you guys actually formed a school. We did. Yes, that's, that's correct. Ray, doesn't, doesn't everybody? <laughs> uh, well, no, you know, some of us don't think that far ahead, but 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 give us an idea of what this school is and what it's about, because I, I think this is going to drive the rest of our conversation. Well, and, and let me let me add a little context before you answer that, because I'd love this as part of the answer. You, you didn't just form a school. You, you waited until you were at a stage of life where you, your kids were grown and off and married. Right. Where you know Ray, Ray and I met in the financial industry, uh, and so a, a lot of what we did professionally was helping people prepare for this thing called retirement. And What's under that? a normal plan, you would have been ten years away from that. And, and so, rather than coasting into the retirement years twenty-five years ago, you guys just started to start a school. So there's some context as you explain yes. it. Yes, of course. So I mean, really, um, the whole essence of what we need to be doing is building into other people's lives and we like kids and kids are more palatable and more pliable so that was the best thing to do and that's our training so i love your five points because we definitely uh, are purpose driven but our purpose is based on our mission and you know what um that's what we're doing every day of our lives and so we come home exhausted loving it and we go back the next day and what's that word retirement i i, I don't compute <laughs> Thank you for that. So, so if you don't mind, can you share with everybody your approximate ages at this point? Oh, yes. Everybody knows I'm 29 again every single year. <laughs> and um, and yeah. she reminds the kids that, and Absolutely. it's a test question at the end of the year. Yes, it is. How old is, they don't call her Penny, they call her Mrs. D. 
how old is Mrs. D? And if you get 29, you get extra credit. So therefore, as a school teacher, my answer to your question is that if you go back to the age that most people are retiring at 65, well, we breezed past that by 10 years, so you can work that one out. That's higher math, okay? So I need to go to your school yes. so I can Kevin's learn that. Good. Kevin's good. He can do that. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think this is one of the purpose of things is is uh, you guys have just kind of uh, taken this thing called retirement, uh, pushed it out of the way, and you're living life under your terms. Yes. Yeah, it almost seems, Ray, it almost seems like we are loving it more now, doing what we do now, than in the past. And I don't know how that computes. Um, the sweet spot really is something that we, we look forward to every day. And sometimes in an uh, average year, we'll um, experience, that, experience that sweet spot a couple of times, hugely, like when we come back from an expedition to the Golden Isles of Georgia with a hundred kids or something like that. And we have seen what changes have been made in their lives and a parent calls us up and said what do you do to my kid and we say well yeah, what do you mean and they say well he's come back changed he helps me in the house he takes out the garbage he's civil to me doesn't badmouth his uh, siblings and we say good good <laughs> that's the sweet spot hearing all that stuff cool you know right Ray, I want to connect a dot here for, for some of our listeners who might have been listening last week when we talked with Joe Calavito. You know, he, he gave an interesting definition for purpose, and I don't know if I got it exactly verbatim, but he said an individual's unique design for how you can help improve the status of others. Right. And, and, you know, we talked about how it was others-focused, um, and we're hearing that same theme uh, here today, which uh, I, I think is pretty interesting. Um, you know, could could you guys share a bit about um, you, you have this program that you developed uh, at, at Living Science, the STEM Academy. Um, you, you call it a servant leader program. Talk a bit about that, because I think that ties in so much to this idea of, you know, building into the next generation, helping others, being others focused. Okay, so I think the first thing I want to say is that you do gain wisdom as you get a little older each year. I mean, we've made lots of mistakes, but what are you going to do with that wisdom? Bury it? No. You have to take that wisdom, and it's going to be poured down to the lowest common denominator so wisdom continues. So, um, you know, sweetheart, how do we do that? What are we doing? Well, one of the sayings that um, um, Mrs. D has always had in the classroom is her philosophy of education is this. It should be preparation for life. And so our kids, our servant leaders, for instance, in the high school, ninth through 12th graders, they are taught the TIPS, T-I-P-S, which stands for target, which is your vision, influence, you influence others and others influence you, passion, always find your passion and go with it. And then the last one is servant leadership. And those are the hallmarks of our servant leaders. And the last one is we teach them how to be leaders by helping them to serve others. And, of course, they make mistakes, and so that's a wonderful teaching model right there. I think the big thing here is that uh, we do this with encouragement, not negative and put-downs. We are teaching them how to build others up, and we're trying to build them up. We actually have a rule, no put-downs. And we also have another saying, which you'll love, Ray, uh, there will be change. 
and I and and they they just they've learned to hold their hands up and say there will be change because in any given day, especially when we're on mission on the golden isles on the beaches with 100 to 150 kids i mean doesn't everybody do that when they're supposed to be retiring it's such fun but yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, the, the weather changes the tide changes and they have to know how to react on the dime and turn around now they're not perfect we're not perfect but boy they're amazing and how much they're learning yes but here's the thing if you start doing that with a ninth grader and he experiences the wisdom of changing and maybe how difficult it is to change or how hard it is. And then he does that again in the 10th grade. And then in the 11th, by the time he gets to the 12th grade, he's learned that aspect of life. Right. And he's preparing himself for the future. There will be change. Right. And another saying that we've uh, always used, there's, um, there's no growth in a comfort zone and no comfort in a growth zone. That's one of the things we teach them. It's per, it's purposeful teaching, and and we yeah. use it, we use something else as we are really working with them, and this is for the parents as well. Well, it starts with us. Uh, we use a term form and function. See what you were saying is uh, you have to make changes, and yes, that's your form. The form of education since we first started all those donkeys years ago has changed, but the function, our goals, you know, what do we want coming out the other end? That hasn't changed. It's just the road to get there that's changed. So if kids can learn this, they're going to be successful. Yeah. It's, okay. So, so let, let's let's have a, a fun story to give an example of what some of that could look like. Because most of the people listening have no idea what an expedition is. And, and I'll frame it. It's this crazy thought that you put a, a hundred plus kids into a whole convoy of cars. You drive five or six hours down to the Golden Isles, uh, you know, on Georgia. Um, <clears throat> and then you spend the next five days teaching kids uh, out on the beaches and in the marshes. Uh, but the weather doesn't always cooperate. And, and I remember there was one year where we had tsunami-like weather, flooding, and, and you had to have these kids change the entire agenda on the fly because you couldn't go outside. I mean, it, it was torrential that year actually it was like noah's flood that that year it was really bad there was a second one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the ark wasn't quite finished i remember no it wasn't finished right okay so actually that's amazing that you'd say that because we have the forethought to say what if the weather isn't cooperating and we've been watching the progress of the weather report and we just said well just in case so we have teams and there were um, eight teams that year so instead of just having eight rotations, we actually created boxes the day before we left because my science team is well-trained. I said, yeah, here's what we're going to be doing. Run for the equipment, get the boxes. And we packed up eight additional boxes. And the place where we stay was kind enough to give us a second hall. And we just simply arranged the kids inside doing the most fun things. We've got videos of amazing things happening. If they'd known what we were doing in their halls, they might have charged us double that year, but they never did find out. So we had lots of fun. But that's potentially yeah, what we lead them to. We, we let the kids know there will be change and you've got to be proactive and you've got to say, what if, you what's your plan B? And now the kids all know, what are we going to take for plan B? So we look at it very carefully a couple of days before we go and we say, no, nah, it's not needed. We don't need that much. We'll only take a few things. So now they have a principle. Well, if mm. 
and, and you know, Ray, <laughs> we, we travel in cars. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kevin, but we have such funny stories about the cars. You know, they're all numbered and everybody's in, in small convoys so that it's a, a safety issue. And this one year, we just lost a whole convoy of, I think it was four or five cars. And we're like, oh, my goodness, we're not allowed to lose kids. I mean, the parents is fine. And we lose them. <laughs> we can't lose the kids. And finally, we got, and this was before everybody had their cell phones, and we were using actually a CD, CD radios. Yeah. CD radios. We finally got this one lady who was kind of leading this up. She says, no, no, really, I'm in the convoy. I, I'm, I'm following Mr. Parker. Silence. Honey? Mr. Parker's not on this trip. We don't know who you follow him, but you got all our kids. Stop and turn around. <laughs> we found yeah. Oh, that's funny. Go ahead, Kevin. You, what, where, where? So I was going to say, it's it's interesting, Ray. You, you know, you see the, the thread of all these different conversations we're having. And one of the things that um, you and I have talked about is how, you know, you, you have a plan, but then life throws you a curveball. You, you, you know, my, my famous uh, quote about Mike Tyson's, you know, comment, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And, and it, what we've observed is, you know, the luckiest people in the world have learned how to pivot. It's not that they've got this airtight plan. Okay. It, it's the, that they know how to pivot when things get kind of crazy. Um, and, and I love that the, you know, the, this, this servant leadership program is, trying to teach kids that skill. Um, you know, we're, we're here trying to encourage adults <laughs> to exercise that skill, right, Ray? Um, well, yes, but, you know, uh, why not drop it down to kids? I mean, why shouldn't somebody in their 30s and their 20s enjoy life more? Why shouldn't they find their purpose and know their mission in life and, and figure out where they're going and, uh, and then take that all through life? Too many of us don't find it until we get old. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. That's sad. Now, you know, COVID hit us pretty hard. And so last year, we weren't able to have an expedition because we were all sort of locked down. As a school, we were allowed to have a certain number of people in. So we just said, well, we're not canceling this. The kids have looked forward to this the whole year. We said, we will have a virtual expedition. And we were called mad, but that's okay, because we know we are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, it, it was too much fun. Our, our servant leaders, we trained them to put together a bags of equipment so that we could be online showing these kids and having fun with these kids online. And they could be at home actually doing little labs and, and having fun. And we said, all right, how are we going to get these there? So we got convoys of kids driving out to all over creation because our people come from far away. And we hand delivered sacks of lots of fun things, T-shirts and all the equipment. And we actually had an amazing experience doing a virtual expedition. Yeah, at that time, there were six teams and we have six separate rooms and they were all on Zoom. And uh, the seven leaders were in groups of two to four. And our science team uh, kids, who are normally the 10th graders, they were running from uh, room to room with different sets of equipment because our seven leaders were actually doing the experiments in front of the kids and watching the kids do the experiments at home. It was just an amazing time. And, and that comes from the fact that uh, you have a well-defined purpose and a well-defined mission, and you know what you want to accomplish. So you're going to yeah. get there somehow, some way, even though yeah. the world is not necessarily going to make the path easy. How, yeah. how many kids do you have in your school? 
Oh, 150 plus, it goes between 150 and 200. And that's kindergarten through 12th grade. And and the whole purpose of this is to build this kind of uh, sense of leadership into kids and experience so that uh, they'll be better people and they know where they're going. Yeah, Ray, part of our mission statement is we want our kids to become leaders so that they can drive truth and godly values into society. That's actually the last part of our uh, of our purpose statement. So we keep that in mind all the time. And the how question comes up, well, how are we going to do that now? And last year's, well, how are we going to do that in this particular situation? Well, we came up with some ideas. And I think to add to that, um, being an educator and having been one for more years than most people, most of our parents are old, and that's a fact. Uh, you know what? You can't just throw information at kids and expect them to be excited about doing something with that information. So we are very, very big on doing hands-on things and getting the kids excited to want to learn. If they don't want to learn, there's no purpose in, in trying to show them the excitement that's outside of the school. One mm. has to get them saying, I want this. They have to be hungry. You know, there's that saying that you can take a horse to water and you can't make it drink. That's not true. Feed it salt. It'll want to drink. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> That's mean and nasty, but it works, doesn't it? Yes. Give them salt. The, uh, you know, take a minute and uh, talk a little bit about the sweet spot that came up several times. And, and, and the sweet spot is what you guys are living, I think. I, you know, I'm sure everybody else is living it too, but, but you keep talking about you find the sweet spot in life. What, what do you mean? How does it drive you? Uh, I don't even know how to ask the question any better than that. Well, the sweet spot I've described is at the end of an expedition, I'm exhausted and I relax and I say, wow, that to me is the best expression in the world. Wow. And we try to put the wow into learning, but when it happens to you, it's even better. And so when I see results, that helps my, my, my sweet. I'm doing what I love to do now, even though I get um, seems like every year I get a little bit more tired, but that doesn't matter. That's him, not me. <laughs> yeah, that's not Mrs. D. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, when you talk about sweet spot, to me, it is getting to the end of a day and saying, I am so thrilled with what I've been able to impart into others, but much more than that, I'm so thrilled at what I see them giving back because we're not going to live forever. And so we need to make sure that we can share our values and share how to have a mission and, and how to be purpose-driven so that these kids grow up into adults that want to give back. That's so satisfying. That's a sweet spot for us. Yeah, Ray, here's another thing. Often parents look at us and they say, wow, once again, they say this is the best environment for our kids because they see you two. And I'm thinking, how does that compute? Well, you two are still together. You two fight together. You are doing everything together. You're going on trips and you're upholding each other. You're giving the kids a visual picture uh, of uh, what their lives could be. And we hold and, hands all the time too, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and once in a while, we'll, ki we'll kiss, you know, that peck on the cheek and the kids love it. And so, we will say, we have a license, yes. you don't. So <laughs> 
Cool. So, so can I say wow as a result of this podcast? Because I, I got so psyched up listening to you. And, you know, first of all, you're not letting age get in the way at all. You're, you're focusing on life, not about age. And you're making a difference. And you've got a purpose. And that purpose gets thrown roadblocks. And you seem to get around them pretty well. What a great lesson in life. So, well, and, and, you know, Ray, when they talk about they get a little tired and they imply they might slow down, I got to give context. Um, people in their 40s can't keep up with them. So when they say they get a little tired, I laugh because I'm looking at, you know, all of the people laying on the ground with their tongues hanging out. Um, but I, I think that goes to, you know, passion and purpose matters infinitely more than age. When, yes. when you're in your sweet spot, when you're purpose-driven, you're doing something that gives you energy, uh, others will look around and go, how do you keep going? And, and it's, well, what do you mean? How do you not? Um, and all of a sudden, age is immaterial. It's, it's more about you know, doing what you love. And, and I want to touch on one last thing because we're, we're running out of time, Ray. This... Um, the, the fifth thing that you had mentioned at the very beginning that we've observed the luckiest people in the world tend to have, they like their day. Yes. Yeah. Does like your day mean everything's great and easy, or, or is there a different definition of what that might mean? Are you asking us? I yes. think liking your day means that you fulfilled a purpose and you've taken action in the hard things and you survived all the attacks. Yeah, maybe that's easy. Just that, that that's the best way of putting it. We survived. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, you have joy. And, yes. and yes. I, I think uh, Kevin's right. I mean, uh, life is not simple. Life isn't smooth. Everything doesn't work right every day. But at the end, if you can sit back and say, wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, that word is now part of my library yes. okay because uh, I, I there's no better way to say it it's just wow okay yeah we, we give you permission you can use it <laughs> uh, well thank you much and uh, uh we have time do you have any quick last comment that you want to make before we break off here just very very quickly i think that what i what i want to say and i hope that people really hear this it's such a funny little quip when you aim at nothing you hit it every time Mm. Yeah. You see, that's the first, uh, the target is what we teach kids. We teach them, here's your target for this year. Oh, sorry, wrong uh, statement. What is your target for this year? Correct. And so we don't give them a target. We force them to, to, to make a little target, whatever it is, because if, it, if, if they don't buy into it, Correct. then they're not, they're not going to shoot for it. If it's my target, they'll just... You know, saying, ah, no, I don't it's think so. Passive. It's got to be their target. And, and uh, then we teach them how to go um, with, with passion. And often it's because their friends lift them up and their friends encourage them. Well, incredible. So, you know, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we'll have to do this again because I think there's so much uh, wisdom and enthusiasm in here. So, so we'll give you a little time to prepare for the next one. How's that? And then we'll do thank another you. wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Yes. wow. We, we'll be around. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. Thank okay. You, Ray. Well, thanks for being with us. And uh, uh, stay tuned because uh, next week, Kevin and I will be back and we'll be interviewing a young man by the name of Steve Franklin, who's interviewed a whole lot of people over the age of 100. And and I think what you can see from our, our meeting with Lance and Penny today is uh, – Quit focusing on age and focus on living. And uh, you you just get all those extra years of all that extra excitement. And Lance and Penny, thanks again. And I'm going to finish off with one word. Wow. Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best life and how you can figure out how to do that, too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world. It's gonna have to be a different